Welcome back to Season 2 of On Being People. It is great to have you with us once again. Well done for finding the second season. And uh, I'm here with Paul Lucas. G'day, Hi, Keith. Paul. It's good to see you, mate, good again. to see you too. And Hugh, our wonderful uh, producer, is here. G'day, Hugh. Glad to be invited back. <laughs> Fantastic. It's great to be back. And uh, On Being People is our podcast where we're trying to think about what it means to be human beings from God's point of view. And that's taken us to all sorts of wonderful places in season one. Uh, but I really feel like we're just starting to scratch the surface. So we thought, let's give season two a crack and see how we go. So uh, how have you been, Paul? What's going on? Been well. It's been uh, busy since we finished the last season and things really happening and trying to get used to the new COVID era and what it means now that things are a little different. Uh, so it's been busy, and but good. Yep. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this season though and trying to push on from where we went last time. Yep. How about you? How have you yep. been? Very good. Yeah. Again, there's... Uh, there's lots going on. Uh, life at St. Paul's is, is good. We're getting people back in the building and being able to gather for church live, which is always very exciting. And uh, and that increases the amount of stuff we have to do, which is brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. Very good. How are you, Hugh? You traveling all right? Good. Yeah, very good. I was just thinking the same thing. It's been nice to be back in church with full congregations and yep. people being able to sing again without masks. And it just mm-hmm. makes such a difference for the way that you worship and the way that you meet and the way that you have fellowship with each other. I think it's been nice to... Mm-hmm. See, which is very different to where we were, what, this time last, last year when year. we were starting this podcast. It's so much has changed yeah. since then, really diving into that to now. It's, yeah, crazy to think so much has happened in one year. Absolutely. One of your ministries is playing music. Is it nice yeah. as you play to hear people actually singing rather than oh, just... definitely. Yeah. It makes such a difference. And then because I was serving in worship in the band and then in the production team as well, I wasn't taking many of the seats that were available to sit in the congregation. Yeah. And so then the first time I did like take that up and sit in the congregation, it was the first week that the pews were back, like the normal chairs were back. Oh, okay. comfy and I chairs. was like, it feels like I haven't missed anything. You know? <laughs> so good. Very so good. Very good. Well, uh, we're here in uh, episode one and we thought we might do a bit of a, a dive into the topic of hope yeah. today. And it's funny when we were talking about this, you and I, Paul, we both went to the same kind of pop culture source on hope. Well, what was <laughs> we that? Did. Yeah, we both went straight to the Shawshank Redemption, <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that wonderful movie based on Stephen King's short story. And, um, and it's, you know, the whole push of that movie is on hope and mm. you get to see two sides of it, particularly not just in Andy Dufresne, the main character, but also between Red, one of Andy's friends, and Brooks, an older, who'd been a guy who'd been in prison for 50 years. And so it brought out this idea of hope in a major way, which was fascinating. We both went to the same place. Yeah. As well, I think it's also worth mentioning that topics like this came out of some of the feedback from last season as well. Yep. So we're grateful for the that um, people gave us that feedback, and we can push into this area. Yeah, yeah, and so we're actually keen to hear from you if you have any feedback on the the podcast or questions or things that you'd like us to to talk about. Um, very keen to do that. So so stay tuned for that. Yeah, send them through. Uh, yeah, in Shawshank Redemption. Hope is really a, a driver, isn't it? That that ability to be able to see beyond where you are right now yeah. towards something else was was something that kept Andy alive. And hope is talked about in the Bible quite a lot, actually. Yeah, it is. Uh, so clearly God thinks it's important for us to know as people. Mm. Um, so let's do a bit of a dive into some of the Bible stuff around that. What's uh, one place you want to take us first, Paul? <laughs> Well, uh, one place I thought would be helpful to start is 1 Thessalonians, uh, where Paul is writing to the church in Thessalonica, uh, a young church. Uh, and he, the way he starts off his letter, 
is um, where he's sort of saying he's thanking God for the people of Thessalonica, the believers there. And uh, he talks about the big three, faith, hope, or faith, love, and hope. And he puts it like this. He says, we remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's, he's talking about hope here, and it's a thing that keeps them going, but also where it's based, and that is in the Lord Jesus. So I thought it was a good place to go to start with because it's the one thing, that, like you said before a minute ago, that's driving us, mm. that's pushing us forward. And you see that kind of in Shawshank, don't you? Yeah. In Andy Dufresne. It was a really interesting scene uh, when Andy's been in solitary confinement, and he comes out and uh, he's talking to Red in the, in the yard, and he comes to a point where he, he, he confesses that he didn't kill his wife. That was why he was put in prison in the first place. But he says, but I drove her to it. Mm. And so he's realizing, I guess, his demons and the, the things, the sin, if you like. And so he's paid for it. But it, didn't, it never, even realizing those things, I've paid for those things, it never reduced his hope. Yeah, right. To push him to, to do what he did. And so hope is this idea that it keeps us going, gives us endurance in the Lord Jesus. Mm. I thought it was a good place to start. Yeah. Now, I guess we, as we think about this, hope is a word that's used a lot in our popular culture. But yeah. I guess there's a bit of a difference to the way the Bible uses the word yeah. or the concept there. Uh, hope in our common parlance is about um, a desired future, but you're not really sure if it's going to happen or not. So, mm. you know, I hope New South Wales wins the state of origin. There's actually quite a bit of uncertainty because we lost the unlosable series last year. But you know what I mean? That's a, I, I hope, but yeah. I don't really know. Yeah. The Christian version, the Bible's understanding of hope is quite different from that. It, yeah. is, it is looking forward to the future, but with a certainty. Um, and, and that allows uh, a motivation right now uh, that, that is more grounded yeah. Than just a desired future. The future yeah. yeah. Where where do you think that certainty comes from though? Because in both instances, like, you know, in the state of anything, I don't actually have control of it. That's why I hope something will happen. Yep. It's same with my future. So what would make it give it the certainty that you're talking about? Yeah. I think it's because the future has come into the present. So we know what the future looks like. Now, that's not through a DeLorean or something like that. <laughs> it's through the Lord Jesus. Um, so I, the verses that I, I think of when I think of hope, the first one that pops into my mind is uh, 1 Peter and chapter 1, uh, 3 to 5 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, that's a future thing, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that's ready to be revealed in the last time. So in uh, Jewish thinking, in Old Testament thinking about the resurrection, the resurrection was something that was going to happen right at the very end in the last days, on the last day, and everyone would be raised at once. Yep. Uh, Daniel 12, you see that sort of idea. But what's happened is 
that future resurrection has broken back into time uh, in the person of one one person, the Messiah. Yeah. And uh, in his death and resurrection for our sin, but in his resurrection from the dead in particular, and now his ascension to God's right hand, the future has broken in now and we through faith in him, we're united to him by the spirit. We're now part of the future connected to him by faith. Mm. And so that future being brought forward is the grounds of us being sure of what's coming in the future. So 1 Corinthians 15, I think it is, talks about Jesus' resurrection as the first fruits, uh, which is an idea of... uh, when you gathered the harvest, when you're about to go and get the harvest, you get the first fruits and devote them to God. But that was a guarantee that the rest of the harvest was coming. Yeah. So like Jesus' resurrection is a guarantee of our future resurrection. Mm. So it's not pie in the sky when you die. It's not a, not a wishful thinking. It is, no, we know what's happening. We know what's coming. And so we have a genuine hope. That means you, you, you're not crushed by life now, no yeah. matter what comes. Mm. Yeah. Explain things well, mate. That's really good. And that breaking in, excuse me, that breaking in to history is is God at work as well. So in that one Peter passage, you know, our hope is actually given to us by God. Yep. It's we're protected by God in that we might see it, and He will yep. bring it to fulfilment in that whole passage. So it's always in His control. Yep. Which is what you're saying gives it that certainty rather than being in our control because yeah. God's in, and He's shown that by breaking in. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. And so uh, a really important part, if we're thinking about us as human beings, what part does hope play in us being, you know, human beings day to day? Or I actually think we're hope-shaped creatures to a a large degree. There's a story I I found once in a sermon. I couldn't find where I got it from, but someone (laughs) someone can write it and tell me where it's from. The The two guys who were taken as prisoners of war. Uh, at the same time, one uh, was told that his wife and family had been killed and he didn't last a year. But the other one was told that his wife and family were, were safe and held, happy and healthy and were waiting for him. He lasted out 10 years and walked out. And the difference between the two, they were both physically the same. The difference was one had hope. He had mm. something to look forward to, and that actually fueled his day by day existence. Mm. Whereas the other one thought, I, I "I've got nothing to live for." Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. Maybe just to push another area that you just brought to mind is, uh, but the hope was in something. So for the guy who was able to go home, the hope was the fact that his family were there. Yes. Uh, so it's not just pie in the sky, is it? Yep. Uh, so hope, like faith, has an object. Yes. Uh, and obviously that's, as one Thessalonians put it, it's Christ Jesus and as one Peter did the same. So it's important for humans to say, well, yes, hope is a part of my makeup as a human being, but where am I placing it? Yeah. Is the big question Yeah, for people. Because I think you're 100%. People, if we are hope-shaped creatures, everyone's got it. Yeah. It's just, will it stand? You know, does it actually um, deliver what it promises? Yeah. And... What are the grounds for believing in it? Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, Christianity, the truth, <laughs> has yeah. a lot that's practical to offer there. Yeah. That is, you know, we're, we're in the middle of a, of a pandemic. Mm. Um, 
uh, in Australia at the moment, we've got it really good. Mm. Got a couple of cases, you know, but India at the moment is yeah. is devastating, and other parts of Europe are really struggling. Um, Christians historically in pandemics yep. have been uh, people who stood tall. They they were able to uh, endure the suffering and help those who were downtrodden because they had solid hope in the Lord Jesus. They had they had a, a real yeah. object. Is anchored in history, and uh, and promises beyond the history that we're living in now. So mm. the, the sort of behind us and ahead of us aspect of the hope mm. actually fueled their ability to show compassion yeah. and to put themselves out of their comfort zone to help others and all of those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all those hand motions look great on a podcast. Oh, it's mate. great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm glad we're not videoing. Yeah. <laughs> the moment I'm painting the walls while I'm speaking. That's, no, that's a yeah. great point. Mm. I was going to oh. ask, actually, do you, what do you think then the difference is in, you know, the inherent human nature to want to place hope in, even if you are Christian, for example, you have a hope in Jesus and you also have hope in other people to do things or hope that things come true in your own life in your own certain way or hope that you put in yourself, which invariably gets you know, disappointed, how, what's the, you know, why do we, or what's the difference between those two things of like hope in human things or hope in worldly things rather than the hope in, in Jesus as well, which even for someone who is a Christian can see them both so clearly, but yet we still have them mm. so much. Yeah. One thing that comes to mind is control. So there's certain things that I, I, I can't actually control myself, yeah. even though I hope for them because I'm actually at the mercy of the world that I live in, uh, the people I interact with. In, uh, to certain degrees. So I think control is one of those things, whereas God actually has control over that. He actually has purposes, which he set out in his word that I, uh, that I can trust in. As Keith said, you know, he's even shown me what the future looks like to an extent by breaking into time. Yep. So it's showing that he's in control, even in the midst of evil, he's in control, mm. um, maybe even using it. So, uh, not, not doing it, but working within it, please understand yep. that. <laughs> um, so I think control is one way that you can make that distinction between those two things. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and I, I, I actually think that's a big one. If we control the source of our hope, we feel like we're kind of guaranteeing it. Do you know what I mean? If I got to pick it, I picked the yeah. winner. My money's on the one I think's going to win. Or we're enticed by sort of a false promise and we, we're running after the false promise of this particular hope and that motivates us because we think that's going to give us a better reward. Mm. At one level, you know, we if we use the word hope, or and I think hope and faith are pretty tightly connected at one level because in, in all of our interactions with human beings, so much of it is derived on believing in promises that other people. So we had a time that we were going to meet here today and I had faith that you two guys would turn up at the time that you'd said and that created sort of you know, a mini hope of what was going to happen today. Right. And, and in some sense, that's unavoidable. That's just the nature of human reaction. But when, when those things become bigger and become drivers of our whole life, like I hope I was talking, I was trying to explain to my boys this morning how odds work with betting on the football. <laughs> right. And why Excellent. Bulldogs, very confusing. Yeah. Why, why the Bulldogs are at $19. <laughs> and if you put $1 on the 90, because they're playing someone next week. Yeah, right. So uh, false hope of, oh, yeah, I put my money there and I'm going to get, I'm, right. you know, gambling creates a false kind of hope or um, 
you know, even running after pleasure, if I run hard after that, I, it creates a false hope of my life's going to be better at the other end, mm. you know. Mm. Um, so I think it's the enticement of, at, at this that point, it's idols. It's false false gods with false promises create false hope. Yeah. But because we're hope-shaped creatures, we're open to that. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, right? Yeah. We seem to be open to that. Mm. in all kinds of things for the most basic of things. Like, is someone going to turn up at the time to record the podcast that they said they would yep. through to, you know, much bigger, you know, promises yeah. that people offer yep. in a life. Yeah. 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 I think one of the thing, other thing that comes to mind with it, just a little different tack, is, is the idea of cost behind it. So I may hope for things, but I'm hoping for things at what it might cost me, uh, where it might take me, but I'm not thinking about the cost, the wider cost, what it might mean for others uh, or the the ongoing impact of yep. something like that. I, I can't consider those things because I don't know them. And that kind of comes into control as well. But I think that, um, you know, hope, hope through Jesus means that I can, he's borne the cost. He knows what is in store and he's done it for everyone, not just for me. So trying to break out of that, uh, thinking about the cost that it might be to others actually, I think helps me think about hope in Christ rather than just what I have in my heart. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's good. And one of the other things, themes that we see connected with hope, I think in the New Testament is the ability to withstand suffering. Yeah. You know, hope is it. So uh, is it Romans 8 would be one of the big uh, passages I'm thinking about where um, Paul talks about, uh, our suffering now shaping us to be like Christ while we wait for the future. Oh, he, he says it better. Oh, You're talking don't... about Romans 5, are you? No, our suffering is... Oh, no, no, no. Okay. That, we can go to Romans 5, but the one I was thinking of first <laughs> okay. was Romans 8. Um, it, Paul says, uh, I'll consider our present sufferings oh, yes. are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed... For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Yeah, nice. Uh, well, we who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we eagerly await our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies, for in this hope we were saved... But hope that is seen is no hope at all, for who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Mm. So the, the idea there is that the suffering that we experience and actually all creation experiences is going to end. Mm. And it's, it will end at the time when we have been fully conformed to be like the sun like Jesus, when we have the redemption of our bodies, when we're resurrected and we are, you know, with our, when Jesus says he'll be the first among many brothers, we'll, we'll all be in resurrection bodies. And then the whole creation is renewed and we rule over it with him mm. in shalom, you know, where everything is meant to be, all everything's in right relationship. Now that is a hope, the hope of the renewal of our bodies and the renewal of creation that, is incredibly powerful to sustain us in the midst of suffering now because we know the suffering is heading somewhere. Yeah. You know, it's not just meaninglessness. And yeah. I think 
that's one of the things that any worldview really has to grapple with that why suffering you know and Mm. different worldviews have different answers to that but christianity's answer the the real answer is that um it's been uh, subjected to bondage and decay but it's going to be liberated yeah it's going to be renewed and the mini death resurrection renewal of jesus is a sign of that full renewal that reversal of from Mm. death to life is what's going to happen to all the creation yeah yeah and it's going to happen through the one who was powerful enough to create in the first place absolutely yeah yeah it's nice yeah so what was the romans 5 passage you were thinking about that our suffering leads to perseverance perseverance character and character hope yeah so it's pushing us in in that area so it's not just that we'll be sustained but actually we're being prepared for what our hope I think that's one of the things you learn from the children of God in uh, or Israel when they're in, in Exodus in Sinai. It's not just the fact that they were under judgment for disobeying God, but actually God was preparing their character yeah. for what they were about to receive. Because you don't want spoiled kids going to something that's as beautiful as what he was promising them. Yeah. So he's building their character as they're going through the wilderness. Yeah. In some ways, that's what we're doing as well. So when we do come to be with Christ, we are actually in a place he's been preparing us for it. Even yeah. character was. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? And so the hope, it's not just about our circumstances that God is dealing with. He's actually dealing with us. Exactly. And, you know, our circumstances are, in a, in a sense, a means of him working within us and also us seeing his character, which then also works in us as well. So it's that that mix. And again, it's, it's a lens for through which we view our life as human beings yeah. uh, that is incredibly powerful because it, there's purpose to it. There's mm. meaning to it. You yeah, know, the meanings, the answer to life is not 42. It's <laughs> glory of God. God, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to be caught up in that is actually very powerful. Yeah. And that is a meta-narrative. And our world is sus- suspicious of meta-narratives, but it's it anchored in the Lord Jesus. Mm. It's anchored in history. Yeah. And so it's a meta narrative that's not about subjecting anyone else to power uh, with power yeah because he gave up power to liberate us yeah. it was incredibly powerful very powerful yeah yeah i think even when you talk about our circumstances because I, I, I want to just head back to Shawshank redemption for a minute because there was another side of the story which was this character called brooks and i just want to pick up on your circumstances comment because i think our hope can actually bring life to circumstances particularly when they're not cuz when they're not good. And so people can feel a sense of hopelessness. Yes. And Brooks was this character in the movie who had been in jail for 50 years. He was the guy who used to push the library cart around and deliver books and that sort of stuff. But he got this opportunity to be released from prison mm. and it confused him because because he had no hope. His life was basically over. And then once he got out, couldn't cope with the change uh, and, took, and, and ended his life because he – this this is not what I was looking forward to, and he'd lost all hope while he was in prison. Um, and I just wonder whether hope is that thing that actually breathes life into us, despite our circumstances, to say, keep going. Mm. Um, there is something better coming. Mm. You don't want to end up like a Brooks. Yeah, that's really good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, in a sense, it enables us to transcend yeah. the circumstances that we're in. Yep. 
to give them perspective, doesn't it? You know, yeah. that this is not all there is. That's exactly you know, right. We're heading to something and this is just a step along the way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in some ways, had Brooks given up his humanness because he wasn't heading in. Was he already dead, if you like? And I think it's one of those things, you know, where we, that it actually does make us human. Mm. I was actually reading a book called Hope Against Hope by Richard Borkham and Trevor Hart this uh, week. I read it a few years ago as well. And the, he has a section in that it, to, to be human is to hope. And I thought I might just read a quote from that um, because it sort of ties into all of this as well as when we're thinking about things in a theological, anthropological sense. So in that book, he says this. He says, hope is among those capacities or activities which mark off the territory of the distinctly human within the world. The quest for meaning, truth, goodness and beauty is closely bound up with hope as an activity of imagination in which we seek to transcend the boundaries of the present, to go beyond the given, outwards and forwards, in search of something more, something better than the given affords us. So we, we, we're pushing outwards. We are not content with the given limits of our particularity. So, and C.S. Lewis talks a bit about that. He says, there's something in me that's pushing me further. Yep. And then the last sentence is, um, he quotes a writer who says, hope comes close to being the very heart and center of a human being. Yeah. So we're always pushing forward. There's something in us. And Ecclesiastes kind of talks about that, doesn't it? That mm. eternity is set in our hearts. Yeah. So we do know that there is something that we, and God has broken in to show us what that is. Yeah. And I think I think you're right. Lewis points to that, and it's it's almost an evidence for the existence of something transcendent. Yeah, his quote is something like, you know, if nothing on earth satisfies the appetites that we have, then maybe we're not made for yeah. just this earth, or, or you we're know, made we're, for something more. Yeah, yeah word, words to that effect. Yeah, um, and so that goes back to your question about why do we go run after these false hopes? Because we're we're designed to have hope. It's just Sin blinds us from the true source of of our hope. You know the the one thing that can actually yeah sort of satisfy it, or one thing that can genuinely anchor it. Um, yeah, that's really good, isn't it? That mm. quote. Yeah, very profound. And uh, you know, I don't know the minds of animals, but I don't know how much they hope. You know, I know right. Yeah, dogs. <laughs> dogs like dinner. I don't know if they hope for it from breakfast time. It depends on the dog, I guess. But <laughs> they hope for it from mid-afternoon. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's a means of transcending. What is it? Transcending the given. And is there something better that affords yeah. us? Like, I'm hungry. It would be better if I wasn't hungry. Yeah. yeah. But there, there's something about that, that humans in the image of God are different. Yeah. And and hope is one of those big things. Yeah. You know, we we think about more than just stimulus response yeah you know we're more than just in this moment how do i survive yeah we we always where is this going why am i doing this mm. why am i doing the next thing mm. where is it all going uh and hope is at the end of that yeah. it's it's driving us forward that's why is this all there is the loss of hope is is actually a devastating mental affliction yes, you know and yeah. uh we're in a season where that kind of thing is rampant um, depression because of a loss of hope, mm. uh, anxiety because of uncertainty of hope is is huge. Yeah. And um, there is something genuinely comforting, uh, like a balm, about the hope that is in the Lord Jesus. Yeah. You know, that suffering is not all that there is. Mm. 
Uh, and in fact, it's more than just I won't know suffering. I'll be experiencing the best of life beyond the best of life. You know, no more tears, no mm. more. It, it's not just that I, I'll suffering will be alleviated, but I'll have God. I'll have the best. Yes. You know? Um, the relationship of our relationships. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Anything good that I've experienced in this world is is just from the artist's palette. Yeah, you know. But we get the artist. Yeah, he, yeah. He came up with all that. Yeah, he's that got is infinitely awesome. more than just the palette that he used. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, that's actually wonderful. Yeah, and that's ours. That's the inheritance that was talked about in one Peter. Yeah. Um, and the spirit inside of us that testifies that we're children of God. Romans eight is like the down payment. You yeah. know, he's the seal that we're going to get that. So yeah. again, it's not just pie in the sky. God's done it in history, sealed it in our hearts yeah. so that we look forward and live each day with that kind of perspective in our hearts and minds. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. In, a, in an era of like, like you mentioned with mental health and people are struggling with those kinds of things. If, if you've been a victim of certain things, you know, what do I do with that? What does life mean? You know, we're talking about a relationship with someone who will never victimize you because he created you and he's renewing you, all those kinds of things. I, I often wonder about, you know, I just wish I had the words that could trigger. I mean, I know it's the Spirit of God, but I just wish you, you know, sometimes I just think, God, this is the moment. If I'm, I'm going to keep preaching your gospel because I know that's where hope lies. You know, to be able to see that at work in some people is just wonderful, but in others, it, you know, breaks my heart kind yeah. of. Yeah. Mm. That um, won't happen quicker. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's good, brother. You've mm. got a heart softened by the Spirit, and that's <laughs> Praise God. great. Great to hear. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, that is the joy and the sorrow of gospel work, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, if only more blind eyes were opened to the yeah. hope that we have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, someone might be listening to this and capture something. You never know. You never know. You never know. So, what are we going to do with that? What are the implications of this? What, what question would you ask you if you had to say, well, yeah, we've got this hope, but how does that fit into my... Oh, well, we have talked a little bit about those implications, but put you on yeah, the spot. But, well, no, the question... Actually, just what you were saying before, the question is, you know, if we are... If humans are inherently hope-driven people, why is it that some people are so much less receptive to hearing about the word or hearing the gospel when others, you know, and for you guys, both working in ministry is particularly would be something you see more often than perhaps I would, but the transformation of people when they actually receive Jesus for the first time and actually get that hope and you, that transforms a person because it's a different hope to the hope that they have in, you know, all the other elements of their life. So what, yeah, why do you think some people are more receptive to that than others? The only answer I would have is that it, it testifies to the the spiritual reality of of what's going on. It's not just about explaining it well. Yeah, there is more to it. There, you know, Ephesians two says we're dead, yeah. <laughs> and that's why some people aren't receptive because if if you're dead, you don't respond. Right. You know? uh, two Corinthians four says we're blind. So if you can't see it, you can't respond to it. You know that. It's, it's extreme. The spiritual condition is extreme. It's not just, oh, slightly bad and need to be a bit better. It's you're dead. And that is why um, it is a miracle for someone to come to Jesus. Mm. You know, it, yeah. it's an absolute, it is a new birth. That's why the, the, it uses that. Uh, it is uh, a resurrection from, from death to life. It is 
Um, mm. and, and then to see the spirit working to, to generate that hope and help them realize, oh, I'm a child of God. That changes everything. Oh, I've got an inheritance that changes everything. It's, it's a miracle of the spirit, which is why we, we can't give up preaching the gospel because it's the only means that can bring people from death to life. If mm. we start doing other things, thinking that we'll get just, let's just tap into the reason part. Right. Of course. Yeah. Uh, that'll work. No. It is a reasonable faith because it's true. Mm. If, it, if it wasn't true, it wouldn't be reasonable. But it is reasonable, so we can we can argue it out. But it's the spirit's got to work. Yeah, it's more you than know? reason. It's, it's yeah. more than reason. Yeah. It's a your heart's dead, you know. And so that's why, you know, in my experience, the, the, some of the people who I thought well, would never come to Jesus. <laughs> Have and how did that happen? And then other people, I think, oh, you're really close. They're still really close. Twenty years on, you know, because you're not really close. You're still dead. You just look, you know, they're doing good things, but out of motivations, got nothing to do with the glory of God. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, some people in the orbit of my life used to describe people. Oh, they're a nice Christian person, meaning they're nice and they do good things. There's nothing Christian about them. They've got yeah. nothing. It's not not to glorify God. It's they're just a nice person, you know, but they're inside they're still spiritually dead. Mm. So their hope is not in God. Their hope is in, if I'm a nice person, I'll do well in life and maybe get a pass mark, you know. Mm. Um, so that's a long answer. The short answer is <laughs> spiritual death. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a good discussion. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit excited about... Um, Re- returning to uh, some poetry. He's had a few months to work on it. He's had a few. He has you. That's from the producer. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. I'm just, you know, I have hope that this poem will be good, whether my hopes are dashed or not. Very after. Remains well to be seen. <laughs> Weren't we talking about false hope before? Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> this is a great example of that. <laughs> well, it, it might, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? So, Keith, are you going to reintroduce your... Well... Yeah, so, you know, the brief is to find some poetry that might sum up or capture something of what we're talking about. Uh, I thought I would give it a crack again, just, you know, before I bring in the outside source. So, this is a poem called A Profound Reflection on the Eschatological Prospects and their flow back into the shape and inhabitability of the normal life of a garden variety atheist. You can tell he's had a few months to work on it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you want that again? Just to... I think I'll need it. This poem is called A Profound Reflection on the Eschatological Prospects and their flow back into the shape and inhabitability of the normal life of a garden variety atheist. Oh, this is going to be great. Is the poem as long as the title? Here we go. (laughs) Hope? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Poem nowhere near as long as the title. That's good. It rhymes. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, mate. That sums it up. It's good. It sums it up perfectly. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Did you find any other poetry? Yeah, I I, I found... um, I found something better than that. Not hard, actually. Uh, this, again, the, the beauty of Christians is they they want to access the kind of transcendent 
reality of hope and those things that we with language so they were struggling to strive that's and and hymns are, are wonderful expressions of that you yeah. know trying to trying to use whatever language we can to to access that and i i found this that is about the difference that hope makes to everyday living because i think that's that's the intersection we never want to just talk about hope as an abstract thing it, yeah it is really profound for us as human beings walking day by day yeah so this is called Be Still My Soul by Katharina von Schlegel. Be still, my soul, for God is on your side. Bear patiently the cross of grief or pain. Leave to your God to order and provide, who through all changes faithful will remain. Be still, my soul, your best, your heavenly friend, through thorny ways, leads to a joyful end. Be still, my soul, for God will undertake to guide the future surely as the past. Your hope, your confidence, let nothing shake. All now mysterious shall be clear at last. Be still, my soul. The waves and winds still know the voice that calmed their fury long ago. Be still, my soul. The hour is hastening on when we shall forever be in God's peace. When disappointment, grief and fear are gone, love's joys restored, our strivings all shall cease. Be still, my soul. When change and tears are past, all safe and blessed, we shall meet at last. That's good, isn't it? Thanks, mate. Yeah. Great find, yeah. It's tapped into that idea that uh, Martin Lloyd Jones talks about when he, he picks up on Psalm forty-two. That you know, why are you cast down, O my soul, mm. and why are you at turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall praise Him, my salvation and my God. Lloyd Jones says we need to preach to ourselves. That is not not do self-talk, but get God's word and preach that to ourselves. And I think that hymn does it. It says, no, no, no. Be still, my soul. You know, you're, you're preaching God's truth into your own heart yeah. about the hope that we have. Yeah. And I think that picks it up beautifully. Well, it's been great starting up again um, on a new season with episode one on hope. Uh, thanks for the poetry, mate. Thanks for the discussion, Hugh, and thanks for chiming in. It's fantastic. Uh, we're glad that you could join us. Hopefully some of this, hopefully. Hopefully some of this is helpful. Uh, and if you do have some feedback, as Keith said earlier, please uh, let us know. Uh, uh, just for your information, the book that we particularly talked about was Hope Against Hope by Richard Borkham and Trevor Hart. Uh, we did make a couple of references to C.S. Lewis uh, from Mere Christianity and from Miracles, two books worth reading. Uh, so it's good to be with you guys. Thanks, and, and until next time uh, when we do episode two. See you then. See you then. <laughs> <laughs>